Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards, where every yard counts. Great show in front of us here today. I hope you're all doing very well. We have four personnel with us on this drive. We're going to be looking at uh, news and notes. We're going to be looking at uh, Fully fully In, where we give kind of like a, a fantasy footballer's uh, equivalent of my guys, where we where we go through every position and one player that we, we like uh, for fantasy football this year, or maybe a bit of NFL as well. We're going to be looking at the quiz, obviously, uh, second season of the quiz, full 10 questions. Uh, we have, who do we have on today? I can't even remember. Who have I got on? Who have I got on? <laughs> You've literally oh. just told us like two minutes ago. Oh, um, Lee, his name's Lee. Ha, how can I forget? Right, okay. Oh. okay. <laughs> My God. Okay. Was it you, Wakefield? No. <laughs> this is getting off to a flying start. It's great, is, isn't it? Is. We have Lee, who will be joining us. Not Lee Wakefield. We have another Lee. There are other Lees in the country. Uh, he'll be putting his knowledge to the test in the full 10 questions. And then we're going to round out with a bit of uh, podcast housekeeping, a bit full 10 yards housekeeping, just uh, keeping you all, all you boys and girls uh, in the loop of what's going along at the, on at the full 10 yards. But let's, uh, let's work in the boys in for the huddle. Uh, Lee, Rob, the usual suspects are in the huddle, boys. How, how are we doing? Lee, good weekend? Yeah, good. Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, I can't remember what I did, but yeah, it was good. I'm all right, though. <laughs> you can't remember what you did, and I can't remember who the guest was for the full 10 questions. Yeah, Brilliant. doing well, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rob, how, was, how are the Greens treating you? Uh, might as well make it a trifecta because I can't even remember what I did this morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of rain. I don't know about everyone else in the country, but um, here in, in sunny old Peterborough, we've been uh, absolutely, yeah, drenched in the last three days at work uh, to say the least so it's not been very fun but you know golf course is looking good so you can't complain no absolutely not and our, our fourth personnel our, our gadget player if you like taking his first snap uh, for the full 10 yards is Anthony Wood uh, covers the Houston Texans for the, for the Texans wire he's a Brit representing us over the, across the pond Anthony welcome you in thank you very much gents how you all doing yeah we're not too bad yeah, um, good. We, we, we said off air you're having a bit uh, better better weather than we are at the moment I think I think better might be a strong word. It really depends on your view. I think for me, it's I'm sick and tired of the heat at this point in time. For a week, great. For two weeks, yeah, okay. But after that, uh, this humidity kills you. <laughs> we don't we don't know what humidity is in Scotland, unfortunately. <laughs> cry, cry me a river, Anthony. Well, I've been spinning with three fleeces on today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so good show, good show in front of uh, in front of us here today. If you want to get in touch with us on the show at Full Ten Yards on the Twitter, Anthony Wood can be found at AR Wood NFL, Rob at FF baller lee at wakefield90 full10yards.com is the website uh, where you can get in contact with us that way use the contact form and there'll be a bit more on that a bit later on in the show but lads let's get in to first down first down okay yeah bit of, uh, quite a lot of news actually over the last couple of days in, in the nfl we'll start off with a bit of uh, stuff that we can get rid of very quickly hard knocks is going to feature the oakland raiders uh, this season, any uh, I was quite surprised actually they they chose the Raiders this year, considering they had the opportunity they had next year with them being in Vegas. But uh, I suppose Lee, it's not going to be uh, not going to be short of any entertainment. No, it's definitely not, is it? Obviously, we've got Antonio Brown, we've got Gruden, we've got Antonio Brown versus Vontaze Perfect. We've got yeah, you've got a lot of things going on. Incognito as well. Oh yeah, as well. Yeah, there we go. That could I mean that's just a potential Great, mess Teddy. between those guys that I've just mentioned, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be must-watch TV, you know, <laughs> to say the least. I would say. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Uh, what, what's think... uh, what's the storyline you're looking forward to most? Sorry to cut you off, Lee. No, I was just going to say. I think if they'd done it in Vegas, it would have been a bit too much, a bit too X-rated for TV. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Jacobs actually, because um, everyone knows that I've been quite hard on him. Uh, I must admit that the last few weeks, after watching a bit more tape and doing a bit more research, my, my, he has gone down a little bit in my rankings. But I'm still, <laughs> hey Lee, come on, I'm allowed disclaimers. We've been through this before, buddy. Okay. The disclaimer. I've got to cover myself. I've got to cover myself. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that running back situation sorts itself out. I'm looking forward to, to Gruden being an absolute twonk on TV because. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's so unpredictable. He must be one of the most unpredictable men in the sport. That's one uh, word for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah, I think it'll be good. I've really enjoyed the last couple of seasons. Um, I, you know, my kind of love for, for Jameis stemmed from from uh, Hard Knocks a couple of years ago in Tampa. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good watch. Yeah, obviously Cleveland last year. I think the other teams in contention this year weren't uh, weren't looking too clever, were they? I think it was at Washington, Detroit, and some maybe some other... Some other also runs. San Fran, I think, wasn't it? Was it San Fran? No, not, I'm not interested in that. I think, I think this is an ideal situation, personally. I think this is just a melting pot just yeah. waiting to explode. Yeah. 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 yeah I sure. cannot wait. Like you mentioned, incognito, perfect, brown, throw a bit of Gruden in there. I mean, uh, it's, it's, something's going to go horribly but, wrong, and I can't Mar- wait. Yeah. Mar- Marshawn Lynch looking over the fence, waiting to get back on the field. Exactly. I mean, something's going to go wrong. Chucking skittles <laughs> over the fence. Can't wait as a child, just fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but what, Anthony, what gives us a bit of insight into kind of what the hard knocks is like over there? You know, is it a big, is it a big built-up series, and it's like can't miss TV? Obviously, obviously, we're in the industry, and we kind of look out for it and see it. Uh, even over over here, we kind of always look out for the news. But what's it, what's it like over there in terms of prestige? There's been quite a bit of build-up to it recently. There's been a lot going around social media around it over here about who was going to feature, why they should, why they shouldn't. I mean, most of it's been why the Raiders should feature, if we're being perfectly honest. Yes, you had the Lions, the Redskins, the 49ers, but I think everybody wanted to see the Raiders. Mm. Um, and everyone is absolutely buzzing to see, like I mentioned, this melting pot. I think everyone has said the, said the pretty much the same argument from the beginning, which is this is going to be must-watch TV from the very start. Yeah, I mean, uh, say Hardocks was the, I think the, the one last year with the bit of bounds was the first one I've seen. But I've seen all the like all or nothing. So um, I'm probably a, an all or nothing person over over Hard Knocks. But again, any any insight into the into the background of the inner workings of, of NFL teams is um, again much must watch TV, and I'm very more than happy to, to see it on my screen. But uh, we we move on then to a couple of quarterbacks. Cam Newton um, is. Back on the field and throwing in in mini camp over there in Carolina. Um, watched a bit of his um, his, his throwing this morning. His, his change mechanics. I, I didn't really see too much. I didn't have the sound on, so I couldn't hear what the person breaking down was was saying. But because I was at work, not doing anything. But um, the only thing I, I could notice that his non throwing arms actually come up a little bit. So I don't know if it's just the velocity that he swings his arm back and then swings his, his throwing arm through. But uh, yeah, it'd be inter- interesting to see that uh, he, he's back already throwing and seems to be kind of cleared because uh, many obviously storyline over the past couple of months is you know someone threw out that he might not start the season or might, they might sit him for the season I don't think that was ever in, in, in question to be quite honest but so yeah I, the question I want to pose to you guys is Cam Newton obviously NFC South I, I think I think in terms of what he means to Carolina and, and that division he's one of the most influential people probably in the NFC um, just because if, if, he, if he is there he can he can swing a, you know games divisions uh, and you know obviously he's appeared in the Super Bowl as well but Anthony what uh, what do you make of Cam Newton? Cam Newton's a difficult one to talk about, really. I mean, like you mentioned, he's a bit sort of back and forth. He can have games where you look at him and you just go, the, the talent here is insane. I mean, he's got such a good arm on him and he's got such good skills when it comes to running. But at the same time, there can be games where he can just completely disappear. 
and he sort of he's, he gets into his own head a lot of the time i find he mm. he, he thinks too much or he complains too much whatever yeah. it may be yeah. i'm not too sure what to expect out of this team this season i mean i think their defense is looking pretty good I haven't, I'm not overly convinced by the offense. I must admit that I don't think that receiving core is particularly great. I mean, the, don't get me wrong, you've got McCaffrey in the back there, and I like Elijah Holyfield as well. I definitely think he's someone to look out for, but I'm just not 100% sold by the Panthers this year, I must admit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Lee, I know you don't like to talk about the Panthers because they don't do anything for you, but uh, do you want to say any, anything? <laughs> I would just echo what Anthony said. I think with Cam, I think for me, he... I was thinking as you were sort of intro and I was thinking, yeah, he can do it, but will he do it? I always think he flatters to deceive a little bit. And I think that's what turns me off because I know he, he can be, he could be like, he could wreck the league. Let's just say that. And he just doesn't do it. You know, he's built like, you know, he's built like exactly what you would build in a quarterback factory. And he, he should be amazing, but he's not. And then like Anthony said, the defense is definitely the best side of the ball. You've got McCaffrey who's the best wide receiver on the, on the team. And I don't really believe in the offence, in the, by the sounds of it, in the same way that Anthony's been saying. So, yeah, they're not really moving the needle for me. And then I think it's an incredibly tough division. So, yeah. you know, you've got to get out of that division with Atlanta, who I think will be really good this season, and the Saints, who will be really good again. And then Tampa Bay, who are obviously probably going to be much improved as well from last year. So, you know, you think with, with, with a flaky quarterback who you know, mentally sometimes isn't there, how well are they going to do? Mm, true, and Rob. Obviously, you're the you're the fantasy uh, the fantasy guru of of the full ten yards. Where where have you got Cam Newton ranked uh, this season? Because I think I think you you'll, you'll probably get a bit of a discount on Cam Newton this season. And for someone that's a running quarterback, we know running running back uh, running back uh, running quarterbacks are the kind of the cheat code. But uh, yeah, last season he was he was being way overdrafted. But uh, this this year probably a value. He, he's the most. It's the hardest quarterback I think in the whole league to to to, uh, to stat out and and to rank because, as as both Anthony and Lee have, have, have come to say, it, it, he's so unpredictable. You don't know what Cam's going to turn up from week to week, so it's really hard to judge. Uh, are they going to you know give the ball to Christian McCaffrey thirty times a game, or is he going to throw it for you know four hundred yard game because they're capable of doing both in that offense? So it's really hard to predict. So. It's a bit boring, actually. He's right down in the middle for me at the moment. He is uh, quarterback 14. Oh, that's um, low. That is low. So it is low, but what have I got him down for? I've got him down as uh, just over 3,500 yards uh, for... Uh, Rushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was just about to say that. Uh, no, I've got him for throwing just over 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns. Um, his interception rate crept up the last couple of years, so I've got a few interceptions in there as well. Uh, five hundred, uh, just over five hundred yards on the ground. So he's kind of yeah, it's down the middle for me. I, I think I hate, I hate that you've asked me this question. I knew you were going to ask me this as well because <laughs> uh, it's, it's like I said, it's so hard to judge because he could go off for uh, six hundred fifty rushing yards and he can throw for four thousand yards. So. You know, it, it can swing both ways, but at the moment, I'm just sticking him in the middle, and I'll worry about it later. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one for best, maybe one for best boy if you can get him at a discount, maybe in. Uh, yes. In, yeah. Yes. Okay, let's move on to another quarterback then. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, contract, new contract, new shiny four-year four, four uh, extension on top of the uh, two years he's currently got left to go. Uh, all, all works out for six years, 154 million if you add on his current two. Current two years left, 107 million guaranteed in the extension. Um, I, I suppose you have to applaud uh, the Philadelphia Eagles once again and Harry Roseman and all the rest of them to beating the Cowboys and, I suppose, in, in some respects, the, the Rams to the punch in terms of you know 
you've got Dak Prescott there and Goff kind of in similar situations. But um, they're putting the money where their mouth is, Anthony, in terms of his uh, Carson Wentz's injuries and with the with the money they're giving him. They are, and they clearly got a lot of faith in him despite the injuries. Which I mean, you got to applaud them for that because they clearly think he's their guy. And I mean. You got to wonder if he's going to be able to stay fit the whole year. That's the big question with him, and and I don't know if he's going to be able to this year. None of us do at this point in time. But I think the best thing from their point of view is the fact that they got him signed up before, like you mentioned, Goff and and Dak, because I think the market is going to just keep creeping up. Yeah. So they did a, they did a very very it was a smart move of them to get him signed now before yeah. his market value would have gone up by another five ten million. Yeah, I mean the the the, the, the four year one hundred twenty eight million dollar extension does does seem a lot in terms of you know if you break that down by average. But I think they've been quite clever because they've they've added on onto the two years that he's got left. And he averages out twenty five twenty five and a just you know and a bit of change average over those six years, which for for a quarterback yeah. for I suppose who Philadelphia holding as high regard as you know one of the best quarterbacks to be over for the next couple of years uh, is a very cheap deal considering the the, the salary cap's only going to go up as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we've been saying, he's, they've kind of beaten Dallas and to the Rams, uh, the Rams to a certain extent to the punch. But in a way, they've beaten the whole league to the punch because the longer it goes on, like you say, everyone's salary quarterback-wise is only going to go up. And the longer anyone leaves it, and in three years' time, this deal is like a bargain, especially yeah, exactly. if Castleman is playing at a high yeah. level. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is with quarterbacks these days. You've just got to get in there, pay the money, and then in a few years when the salary cap goes up, it doesn't look too bad. No. No, and I say it's worth mentioning to say that he doesn't even enter that, that extension until you know, three years from now. Mm. Um, you know, for 25, 25 million in three years from now for a quarterback is. Uh, a I mean, bargain. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. But uh, Rob, and, oh, yeah, the, the added sort of value of beating Dallas to the punch is, is made, my, made me smile. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny that. Uh, but yeah, Rob, obviously this yeah, trick, 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 um, the ripple effect now to, to Dak Prescott and Jared Goff. I think it's actually quite interesting that the Rams uh, aren't entertaining Goff uh, a Goff extension. So uh, that that says to me that the Rams aren't aren't certain that that's their that's their guy going forward. But uh, Dak Prescott is, is you know, like I say, he's he's going to be. Uh, uh, it's going to be overpaid in terms of you know compared to Carson Wentz and what uh, what Dak Prescott probably won. It'd be interesting to see how much uh, Dak Dak will be team friendly to to Dallas uh, and and Jerry Jones. But what what do you make for the 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 Dak and the Goff uh, contract extensions that are m- maybe or may not be incoming? Uh, yeah, I think this is. I think we're kickstarting uh, a trend of overpaying quarterbacks now. Um, having said that, I think. The, the Carson Wentz deal is fantastic because I think he's a brilliant quarterback. I really do. Um, we're only two years removed from, or only one whole season removed from him uh, on course for 4,000 yards and I think like 39 touchdowns or something stupid. So, you know, Carson Wentz is, is a cracking player and a good deal for them. As for, as for Dak, I, see, I'm split because I like Dak in fantasy this year, but I don't think Dak is necessarily a great NFL quarterback. Um, he is going to get overpaid, I'm sure. And the same for Jared Goff. I'm, I'm I love Jared Goff coming out of college. Um, I watched a lot of him when he was at Cal. Uh, thought he was very pro-ready, uh, but it did take him a while to get into it. Uh, he's a guy that if he steps up this year, then you know he could be worth a big contract. Uh, mm. You know, it's it, it's it can go both ways. Mm. Yeah, not not much of a big uh, Goff fan myself. I, don't, I think if he was elsewhere no. apart from LA, I don't think he'd be doing. Uh, he'd be pulling up many trees. Uh, but yeah, certainly interesting situations over there in Dallas and the the Rams for the, for those uh, signal callers. I, I, do, I do I agree with what you're saying about Goff, but don't forget he did take him to a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, honestly, I think I think that was more McVay than anything yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think very true. But at the end of the day, 
he did take him to the Super Bowl. He's he the quarterback. So uh, I don't. I, I I agree with you guys. I don't think he's a fantastic quarterback at all. I think he's very average, middle of the line. But yeah. um, it, you know, you've got to look at it that way. That the owners are going to say, "Hang on a minute, Jared Goff has taken us to our first Super Bowl for how many years?" Uh, and yes, a lot of it was, was was how he was coached and and the schemes that they have in place. But he did deliver. Uh, you know, you can't take that away from him. So, you know, has he warranted it potentially? And again, this year, they're going to be in the hunt. They're going to be in the playoffs, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, this is a big year for, for Jared Goff because I think this is where if he can, if they can get back to the Super Bowl this year, then I think they've got, they've got you know, they've got to pay him. My concern with the Rams is that whenever Goff gets under too much pressure, he panics. Mm-hmm. He panics a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And he's not much. I mean, I went to see him, um, the Rams training in London. I think it was a year or so ago now. Um and, and he just, he did not come across whatsoever as a leadership type. He really wasn't that kind of guy who's going to stand yeah. up and, and really motivate his players. And that really bothers me about him. And I'm, my, I can't help but think that if they're going to overpay for him, they're obviously going to have to cut back costs elsewhere. So does that mean that they cut back on the expensive offensive line of protecting him? Mm-hmm. If they oh, do, yeah, he's going to be under pressure more and his performance is just going to go downhill. Yeah. yeah, and this is circling back to my, my original point of we're going to start seeing overpaying because that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Is yeah. Teams are going to pay your Jared Goffs and, and players of that calibre, Josh Allen, in a few years at Buffalo. Um, and it, all of a sudden, they're going to, you're going to get these massive contracts and they're going to cut back on the, the players that are actually making that team. And then we're going to see some problems. Yeah. It's going to be a bit like what we've got with Matt Stafford and, and uh, mm-hmm. Derek Carr at the moment now. It's, it's, that's the two people that I was just thinking about as you guys were just going through that then and talking about overpaying yeah. quarterbacks. You know, I remember when Matt Stafford and I think Derek Carr as well, when he's had his contract, they were both the best paid players in the league. Yes. And they're both nowhere near and never have been the best player in the league. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, it does take away and that's obviously why people have got the formula now. Teams got the formula to have you know rookie contract quarterbacks and load up elsewhere and see what you can do in those those four or five years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A couple of couple of things for me on the on the Jared Goff one. Uh, I tell your point that he's taken him to the Super Bowl, but towards the end of the season and in, certainly in the playoffs, you put good defenses in front of him. He is absolute toilet. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 I am. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying on the face of it. If he's going to take him to a Super Bowl and, and a good playoff run this year, potentially, well, I, I, I can, think I they're, can, they're hands I can, are tied. I can take him to a Super Bowl. Just put me in front of the bus. I'll do it. I'll, I'll drive him. <laughs> I'll drive him there. I'll, I'll drive the plane. Um, yeah, and the other thing for me, I, I think, is it, am, I, am I right in thinking that the Rams have changed a couple of their offensive linemen? Yeah, their offensive line's not going to be as good this yeah. year. Yeah, it's not the same. No, Roger Saffold's gone. Yeah, Saffold, that was it. Yeah. And, and, I, and John I know, Sullivan, the centre's gone as well. Yeah, I know, I know Whitworth come back, and I think they probably begged him. Uh, to begged him to come back but uh, he's getting on in age as well so yeah it'd be just interesting to see uh, how Goff handles this year I think that might be why they, uh, they're they not giving him a new contract yet to, to exactly. for, for a lot of money but um, yeah, we'll move last definitely. bit of news then uh, I was going to talk about Jacksonville but I'm going to talk about that a bit later um, in, in fourth down but yeah so obviously Anthony we, we, you are, you cover the Texans uh, quite quite closely uh, obviously a big bit of news coming out of there over the last week uh, Brian Gain obviously being fired as GM just 18 months in charge do you want to do you want to take the floor and uh, tell us tell us all the ins and outs yeah it's a difficult one to judge really at this point in time because we don't know who's going to be replacing him I mean they've they've interviewed a couple of people like Ray Farm for example used to be the GM of the Browns it's an interesting situation because there are a couple other people they could throw in there. Scott Pioli's another one you could throw in there, former former Falcon, obviously. Yeah. The guy they obviously want is Nick Casario. He's, he's uh, I think, VP of player personnel over at um, New England. He's as close to a GM as they get, really, in, in New England, mm-hmm. obviously, with, with Belichick there. 
It's an interesting situation because if they can get hold of him, then I think he'd be a fantastic fit. They've got Jack Easterby now, who's a very, very good judge of character. They stole him from the Patriots over the summer. Very good judge of character, very good player personnel guy. And I think him with Casario and O'Brien could really work. It could be a great fit. My concern is though that they've thrown all of their eggs into one basket with getting rid of game now. It's either Casario or nothing. Mm. So what do they do if they can't get it? I mean, look at what they did with McDaniels. He was supposed to go to the Colts. Yeah. They managed to, to lure him back. And they're going to do everything they can to keep up Casario. If they do end up doing that, the Texans don't really seem to have a backup plan. Mm. Yes, they've interviewed other guys, but there's no really, there's, there's no real number two. It's a case of they probably thought they could get him now and this was the best time to go for him. Mm. In terms of getting rid of Gain, I feel kind of bad for him. He was only in the job 18 months. He didn't do a bad job. He didn't do a great job. Don't get me wrong. He was a very middling GM. But, I mean, he got Justin Reed in the third round and Kiki Cutie in the fourth round last year. Those are good picks. And he, he did a good job with the Titans as well, bringing in Thomas and Aikens. And I think he had a decent draft this year as well. What I think lost it for him was the fact that he, he has not been able to sort out the Jadavian Clowney situation. Mm. And he was not able to bring in or trade in any strong free agents or strong player. I mean, they, they had a chance possibly at someone like Chris Harris. They didn't get him. Trent Williams is still available. They haven't gone after him. Um, Patrick Peterson's another one they talked about. Duke Johnson's another one they talked about. And then you look at Trent Brown and Free Agency and a couple others. There were plenty of players available that really would have improved this style. Mm. But he was not willing to overpay for anybody. Mm. And I think it's that almost stinginess that has cost him his job in the end. Because Cal McNair, he's, he's very different from his father. His father obviously sadly passed away last year. He took control of the team. His father was more of a, we'll give you some time, we'll see how it goes. Whereas Cal McNair seems to be much more of an impulsive, I want to win now kind of owner, which I think is a good thing. I think it's what Houston needed. Mm. So it could come back and bite them in the backside, to be perfectly honest. O'Brien's now on his third GM. If it doesn't go right this time, I think O'Brien will probably be showing the door. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly the pieces there in, in Houston. I think there's just maybe one or two other pieces left of the jigsaw. They've, they've got the core back, they've got... Um, they've got obviously the, the pass rushing in JJ Watt, and, and the, you know, they've got the play, the star wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, defense is, you know, has been hit or miss over the over the past right, four or five years, six years, and and what have you. But yeah, I don't think that they're too far away. And certainly in a division that they can get out of, um, it, you know, Jacksonville, Tennessee don't strike any fear into my into my eyes. And to say that two of them came out of the out of the division into the playoffs last season, obviously they got walloped by the by the Colts. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not a bad uh, bad role to, to fill. Do you reckon that the, the the incoming GM though will will feel secured considering that uh, Gaines only been there eighteen months? I think. Initially, my, my concern was no, but to be perfectly honest, I think they'll be relatively secure because they've got Jack Easterby now who, who's going to have a big part to play in who they pick as their GM. They really like him. He's safe in his role, and therefore I think whoever he ends up picking will be relatively safe in the role. I think it's purely O'Brien and his coaching staff that need to be careful, mm. especially with a new offensive coordinator in as well, a new quarterback coach in as well, so on and so forth. There's been so many staff changes this offseason. I think he really needs to be careful. I don't think the GM needs to worry. If anything, it's one of the more attractive jobs in the league. Because mm. like you mentioned, they've got a pretty good front seven on defense. They've got an improving secondary, although it needs some work. They've got Watson and Hopkins, QT and Fuller on offense. I mean, there's plenty to work with. Yeah. And they've got a lot of cap space still. Yeah. So th there's enough to work with there. It's just a case of how well will O'Brien end up doing with it. So I, as a GM, no, I don't think they'll have too much of a concern going into it. Uh, I, uh, I, I read something the other day that one of the reasons potentially for, for him being fired was, was the state of the offensive line. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's a, obviously... From an outsider looking at Houston, we know that the offensive lines are an issue. <laughs> yeah. But when is he supposed to have fixed that? 
because how many you didn't, didn't have any first round picks this year, did you? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's there's been there's been no decent. Um, sorry, yeah, the two well, two years ago you had no uh, last, last year, pick. last year, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, last year, um, and there's been no like superstar offensive lineman on the free agency because there never is. So when was he supposed to have improved that O line? Uh, and like like we said, um, yeah, I got that wrong. This year you got Titus Howard, so he he did the best he could with what he had. So I yeah. feel that was very harsh for that to be a potential reason. I agree uh, for, for him to be fired. I'd agree with that because I mean, Rick, obviously Rick Smith was in charge when when Dwayne Brown left. It put them in a big big hole when he left. Not only him, but Ben Jones leaving as well. I mean, he wasn't yeah. great, but he did a job. Um, the offensive line's been been crumbling for about three or four years now since the likes of Myers, Winston and Brown all left. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've you got to feel bad for him in that regard because he's brought in Sharping, he's brought in Howard, who I both think have got good futures in the league. I think Howard needs a bit more time than Sharping, but I think Howard's got a high ceiling. Yeah. The problem is they're in a situation now where they've got to throw them in almost immediately because the only other experienced veteran he brought in this year was Matt Khalil and they've got Henderson back from an injury last year. But the problem with Henderson is he can be very good one week and he can be very ineffective the next that's the problem with him and and it's that's the same for most of that offensive line is they can have good weeks and they can have very bad weeks i don't have a lot of faith in a lot of this the veterans on this line and that's the problem he could have brought in i know last year they tried to bring in nate sold the giants ended up overpaying for him but i know that i get the impression that the texans still weren't overly pleased that they didn't get hold of him another one trent brown you could look at another one we've mentioned again roger saffold i mean he went to the titans he's gone to a division rival and that's the thing the titans are improving up front and they've got some good receiving threats now, I think, and their defense is improving. The Colts have got one of the best defensive lines in the league. And I think the Jags, they're hit and miss. But that, that's my concern, is that the teams around them are really improving quite quickly, whereas the Texans aren't necessarily, because he's bought projects rather than players who were more mm. well-rounded. Yeah, sure. If if I was Deshaun Watson, I'll just say this on the offensive line, I think you guys have covered it pretty well. If I was Deshaun Watson, I would put a personal grievance against the GM for Brian Gaines. <laughs> because he's trying to get him killed. He had, he played like, what did he have last year? He had blood clots in his lungs. He had like every injury under the sun. Like, uh, Yeah, he had punctured lung, fractured ribs. Uh, six, <laughs> 62 sacks. He had to take a, a bus to Jacksonville because they yeah, were worried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've ruined. We brought that up on the podcast. Yeah, you've ruined my joke. I was going to say, so we're, we're ordering another another bus for Josh, Josh Sean Watson to uh, Jacksonville next year. <laughs> to be honest, they may as well just buy one for the yeah, rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, stuff. I think one, I think one move I will say that I really did like, and this might sound like a bit of an oddball one, but is bringing in um, Darren Fells, the veteran tight end from Cleveland. Mm. He's not a big threat in terms of receiving or touchdowns, but he's a very, very good blocker. And he's a very experienced blocker. And they've got a very young tight end room otherwise. So he's going to be very yep. good at mentoring the likes of Jordan Thomas and Aikens and Carly Waring. Mm. And I think he'll, he'll be a good addition as a sort of solid extra blocker. And then they brought in Cullen Gillespie in the seventh round, who again, as a foot, he's their first fullback for two years. Mm. They didn't have one on the roster last year. So to have him as well as a possible extra blocker, I think they were quite smart moves. Mm. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. Okay, that is, I think, everything in the news. Any, any, any other news that anyone wants to bring up? Todd Gurley reckons his knee's a small problem, but there we go. <laughs> okay. I think that's a bit optimistic. Yeah. Um, yeah that's kind, of, uh, kind, of, kind of important to be a running back. Yeah. 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 This, this is a make or break year for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can see, I can yeah, see, I can see a I can see a scenario, uh, and I, I know we haven't done a hot takes a hot takes podcast yet, but Rams to miss the playoffs in twenty in twenty nineteen. That's. Uh, I think they made a big mistake not bringing CJ Anderson back. To be yeah, honest, I, I know he wasn't yeah, exceptional, yeah. but he did a very good job. Yeah, I agree. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I think they. I think I've said it in the past that they're a definite candidate for regression, mm-hmm. and uh, the Forty ers will take their place. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there you go. What are your thoughts on that, Tim? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, talk- <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about Forty ers They're trash. Um, right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Lots, lots of news to be covered there. But uh, yeah, time for second down. It's time to find out who we're all in on on 2019. Second down. Okay, time to talk about all the guys we are all in on in 2019. We're going to pick one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end and tell you why we are happy to reach for those guys or why we are fully confident that they can win us championship titles for fantasy football in 2019. So we're going to start off at the quarterback position. Uh, I'm going to start off with Dak Prescott, just because I can. Um, I know I know everyone... Uh, Let's move on. Lee, who <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I will tell you why I'm all in on Dak Prescott. It's just, cur- it's just the price. He, he's currently the quarterback 21 uh, going off the boards, which is absolutely ridiculous. Going undrafted uh, in, you know, in normal league, Superflex obviously a bit different, uh, but later rounds maybe. But I, I'm going to pick him up in the last round in, in every draft this this season, uh, last year, six, uh, he had six top ten, uh, sorry, top eight QB finishes, which is not too shabby. So it might be actually one for best for, uh, best ball uh, leagues. But uh, last three, the three seasons he's been in the league, quarterback ten last year, quarterback 11 2017, and quarterback six in 2016. And this is a guy I say going quarterback 21. Uh, he offers the floor because of the because of the running game. He's not obviously run as much as he as he did when he finished. Uh, QB six back in his in his first year, but his rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think he's had what six six and six over the last couple of years, uh, which is which is great as well. And obviously an edge for uh, for quarterbacks in fantasy football uh, gives you enough on the ground. Yes, Lee, I know he's not going to throw for over two hundred yards in any game, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I think it was f- uh, he had four or five uh, top eight finishes after the bye when he obviously when we acquired Amari Cooper for that first round pick. Um, he's got the weapons. Michael Gallup in the second year, Jason Witten the old the old war horse that he is he's going to catch 10 passes um but obviously yeah uh, you know I mean, it's well documented what Zeke did to, uh, through the air in the, in the passing game when uh, even when a C- Cooper was there so I think Dustak is just being uh, thoroughly disrespected in, in fantasy football um but yeah if, you, if you're going to pick him pick him in best ball is maybe just a second or, second or third quarterback but yeah quarterback 21 uh, is absolutely ridiculous but uh, we move on to Lee who you have another running quarterback who he certainly did last year as well but goes moving into his second year Josh Allen from Buffalo yeah, quarterback of a similar standard, I reckon. Um, Josh Allen, yeah, he's obviously not going to be fantastic. I'm trying to work out if that's I... an indictment to Dak. What was that, sorry? I'm trying to work out if that's you trying to have a little nudge at Dak. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, if we rewind the podcast like a year or so ago, I wasn't a massive fan of Josh Allen, how he was drafted and things like that, and him as a product coming into the league. I'm not all in on Josh Allen. This is just me saying that I think he's going to be a pretty good value pick. I think it's all in the same lines as what you've just been saying about Dak. But there's a few good things about Josh and and the situation in Buffalo that make me think the arrow is pointing upwards. Uh, I think I, saw, I said this when we were talking about the draft and things like that. The Buffalo modus operandi for the draft and free agency was to get Josh Allen on a better O-line. And I think they've done that, which should lead to more pressure, which should mean lead to him trusting his reads a bit more and you know allow him to go through his progressions if he's actually learned how to do that yet. And instead of just bailing as soon as his first read isn't open. Like you say, he's got the floor for the running. I think he's still going to incorporate quite a bit of that. But the offense should be pretty much tailored for him now. Because I think what we've got to remember with Josh Allen is the Bills started last season with Nate Peterman. So the the offense wasn't completely Josh Allen's offense to begin with. It would have had to be sort of tailored towards towards his strengths as as they went throughout the season. 
Um, so I'd expect a few more design runs, to be honest with Josh Allen, especially in short short yardage situations, especially in goal line situations. Um, because, you know, he's probably not going to be the complete passer yet, if he ever will be. Uh, but he probably, sh- he probably should be better at passing, um, you know, with the ball in his hand. Um, his internal clock has always been his problem. He is always way too quick to to sort of bail, like I said earlier, and go through his, well, trying to go through his reads at least. But that also comes with experience. Hopefully, moving into year two, he should get a bit better than that. And hopefully, you know, being year two, he should have a chance to work on his footwork and his mechanical issues that plague his short range accuracy. Mm. And like I say, if, if you if you kind of sort of struggling now, you want a late round quarterback, you're not wanting to draft early. He's not going to cost you too much either. So yeah, I think um, he could do worse. Anyway, I'm not going to go all in on him, but he's definitely one of my guys who I'll be looking out for if I'm struggling, don't fancy quarterback early. Mm. Yeah, we've certainly been a bit of buzz this offseason for about about Josh Allen, certainly more than say last year. And but in in uh, Sean McDermott, he's got one of the best coaches in the league as well, in my opinion. Talking about the best coaches in the league, Bruce Arians over in Tampa Bay. Rob, you have Jameis Winston. I do have Jameis Winston. Um, I just want to just piggyback off your two guys just real quick. Um, Dakota Prescott, yeah, that's his real name. Yeah. Um, I uh, I have him as as my tenth uh, quarterback. I, I completely agree with you, actually, Tim. Um, how can you not look past Dak Prescott being a top 10 running back uh, quarterback when he's finished 6, <laughs> 10, 10? So, um, was that a little Freudian slip or did you mean that then? <laughs> no, it was a slip. Um, <laughs> and, and to your point, uh, Lee, with Josh Allen, I've actually got him 11th. So, um, I'm very high on Josh Allen as well. And the one thing I like this year is a, a sort of fly under the radar is, is Smokey Brown in Buffalo because, um, you've got Josh Allen who can throw a ball 80 yards and you've got Smokey Brown who's one of the fastest receivers in the league. Um, you know, two plus two equals four guys. Come on, let's, let's wake up and see this. Uh, this. This could get going. So, yeah, I like them picks. Uh, but no, for me, uh, yeah, Jameis Winston, listen, uh, in 2018, the Tampa Bay quarterbacks combined 5,125 yards and 36 touchdowns. That, in fantasy, if you'd have combined the two, would have been the quarterback two on the season. Um, there's no more Ryan Fitzmagic. He has gone, which tells me that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have got trust in Jameis. We know Jameis has had his issues, interceptions and fumbles, 15 fumbles uh, in 2017, uh, which was a bloody nightmare. But um, he has actually got, but last year was better, seven fumbles and the interceptions down as well. Um, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a step up with Bruce Arians. I really think this is the coach which is going to get him on the straight and narrow, sort out some of his issues. And uh, yeah, for me, Jameis Winston, I'm all aboard this year. Uh, the best thing about Jameis is you can get him right at the end of the draft, as you can with Josh Allen, as you can with Dak Prescott. This is just further notice to fantasy owners. Don't draft a quarterback in the first 10, 11 rounds because you don't need to. No. Does anyone know, anyone know uh, Dak Prescott's first name? Because Dakota is actually his middle name. Is it actually? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like a right swat. <laughs> Does anyone, anyone want to have a stab at his first name? James. No. Winston. No, Winston. Oh, no. Winston. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's like our weather over here, chaps. Rain. R-A-Y-N-E. Rain Dakota Prescott. Oh, wow. Is it actually? It is, actually, yeah. According to Pro Football Reference as well, his uh, his nickname is <laughs> the, the Fortress, which I'm not quite sure. But, Fortress. Yeah, wow. fought by hard maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Um, Anthony, you are of, of course a Houston Texans fan, so no surprise to see you've got uh, you've got Sean Watson down here at QB. Uh, surprise, surprise! I mean, he's going to be a higher pick than uh, than Allen and and Rain, obviously. But uh, no, I definitely think Watson's someone to look out for. I mean, last year he scored 
I think it was 331 uh, fantasy points. I mean, he, he set a record for having over 4,000 rushing yards and over uh, 4,000 passing yards, sorry, and uh, 500 rushing yards in the same season. And it's only going to get better this year because the offensive line, wh whether it's good or not, it will be improved. Uh, will Fuller <laughs> is getting healthier. Kiki QT has said that he's having to think he's, he's definitely in a better position than he was last year. He's not suffering from his hamstring injury anymore. But I'm, I'm expecting him to break out this year, but I'll go on to that later. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a lot of faith in this Sexton's offense, to be perfectly honest, in terms of Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have more time in the pocket. He will get to Hopkins more because he's, he's healthy again. Um, he'll get to QT more and he'll definitely, I think Vincent Smith is another guy to look out for at receiver. And I think he's got a good call there. He's got a really good receiving group. And with Carl Smith as his new uh, quarterback coach as well, who coached to see Russell Wilson up in, up in Seattle for so many years, I think he's got a very, very good set of eyes there for him to, to help out. And with TJ Yates as well, who by all accounts, he may not have been a great quarterback, but he's, by all accounts, he's quite a good coach. Mm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I, I have faith that he's going to have another good year this year. Mm. Yeah, I just remember actually last year, the, the hype on Sean Watson was out of control. He was like a quarterback one going off some boards, wasn't he, in, in drafts? <laughs> just remember that. That was uh, scary times, wasn't it? But yeah, no, more, more realistic uh, expectations this year. It was a quarterback four last season as well. So um, yeah, and again, the, the theme with all the quarterbacks we've chosen there is that they're good on their feet. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. You need yes. run, running quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, people. Um okay. Music, music to my ears hearing Anthony say that about my dynasty quarterback, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> my dynasty wide receiver, Nuke Hopkins. So let's go, Texans. You need to you need to hurry up and trade me, uh, Julian Edelman. Anyway. We're actually talking, talking, about, talking about running backs. I mean, that's, that's another thing. The Texans don't really have a star running back. Lamar no. Miller, I'm not convinced by. And Dante Foreman's coming back from that horrendous Achilles rupture he had two years ago. Yeah. So that a lot of the run game is going to be on his shoulders again. Yeah. So, I mean, I would expect him to rack up another five, 600 yards this year. Yeah. No, I love love what's in this year. Um, yep. So, yeah, a bit of a more of a realistic uh, price this year as well, not stupid the third, fourth round yes. what he was going in last season. But talking of running backs, we'll move over to that position. Uh, I'll start off with uh, David Johnson. Now, Oh, oh my God, you and David Johnson. Oh, I love David Johnson this year. I made that I've made that mistake too many times. I'm not oh, going there. No, this is, lads, this is the year to buy the ticket aboard the train. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming on it with you, too. All aboard, mate. First class ticket. I'll I'm have, coming with you. Get yeah. me a ticket as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, running back 10 last year, and everyone seems to think he had an absolutely awful year. Um, I just think David Johnson in, in this offense is just gonna is just gonna be absolute monster in PPR. Um, it's, it's gonna be a better offense. Yes, the offensive line still not is still not great, but uh, the whole point of this offense is to to spread everyone out. So you know David Johnson's not gonna be just run up the gut into eight people, uh, which you know Steve Wil um, uh, was it Steve Wilkes Steve Wilkes doing that last year? Last year, yeah, yeah, yeah last year just running up the gut. Um, yeah, David Johnson oh, last more, year. It was more Mike McCoy. But, oh yeah, yeah, so that's it, Mike McCoy. Yeah, um, yeah, fifty targets last year. I, I, I can see another twenty-five to thirty being uh, added on top of that. Um, he was top ten in in RB targets last year. Uh, Three hundred eight touches in total. I, I see. I don't understand. He, yeah, I know people got burned by drafting him in the, in the first round, but um, I'm quite happy to take him late first, early second. Uh, and if anyone out there does want to, you know, is in the back end of a first round and does want to run him back, take 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 David Johnson at the, start, at the end of the first, and then take a, you know, an elite wide receiver at the start of the second. Don't let uh, don't gamble on David Johnson getting back to you uh, in the in the start of the second. I absolutely love uh, David Johnson this year. Um, yeah, I just PPR, just just get me get me involved. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> that's, all, 
That's all I've got to say. Um, you say I was actually quite surprised he only had 50 targets last year. I thought it was actually that was quite low. But yeah, this is the guy that a couple of years ago uh, had over 2,000 all-purpose yards. You know, he loves fantasy football himself. He's always said that he wants a thousand and thousand. I'm not quite sure he'll quite get there in terms of the rushing uh, this year, but receiving he easily have over a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred yards. Uh, and I just, I just PPR all absolutely all over him. Um, but I suppose we should move on to Lee. Lee, you've got Alvin Kamara. Uh, and Anthony, I know you wanted to talk Saquon Barkley, but Lee, we'll start with you first. So are you happy taking Alvin Kamara in number one overall this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would okay. be. Because, you know, thinking about, you know, you mentioned potential 1,000, 1,000. Here's a candidate for you. He's just a daddy, isn't he? He's just really, really good. He can run, he can see both at an incredibly high level. Um, you know, we talk about offensive lines with Houston and other offensive lines that we've mentioned throughout the program. We're talking about an elite offensive line in a really powerful offense uh, with one of the best running backs in the game. He's going to, you know, like you say, he's potential number one overall. He's going to be drafted in the top three, I would say, if he drafts. He's going to be worth it, though. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, gonna, he's not going to have Mark Ingram to take touches off him. You know, they've got Buck Allen, but he's probably going to share the workload a little bit. But I would expect with Buck Allen and Design Divine as Igbo, sorry, his workload might increase slightly. Uh, although he won't be, you know, three, three down every uh, every down back. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's going to be costly. He's going to be not available for a lot of people. But my God, he's going to be worth it. Mm, be interesting to see what um, Latavius Murray takes off of him as well, actually, uh, in terms of goal line vultures. But uh, yeah, I think the only difference between Evan Kamara and, D- and, and David Johnson essentially is probably just opportunity for touchdowns. To be quite honest, which I think uh, you know the reason I'm, I'm I'm all in on DJ, I think that that, that opportunity goes uh, goes back up. But uh, Anthony is obviously as someone that wanted to do Saquon Barkley, and I made you. Uh, I made you pivot uh, like Ross Geller with a sofa going up a, a flight of stairs. But yeah, yeah, you like you like Barclays. He is he's un, un, I do, yes. undisputed number one for you. For me, yes. I think honestly, I see him as one of the top three, possibly even top running back in the league. To be perfectly honest, I think he's that talented, and I don't think there could be too much of an argument that he isn't. Hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong that that Giants offense is, is the offensive line is still not great he's going to get beaten up and that's going to hurt him a bit. But I think overall they're going to rely so heavily on him because there just isn't that much outside of him on term, in terms of really dangerous offensive weapons that he should score quite highly in points this year. And I just think he's so talented that the, the offensive line won't really bother him no. as much as it would most other running backs because he can get out of those situations. He's, he's a fantastic player. Mm. He's a proper highlight reel, just one to watch player. No, I agree. I think he set receiving records as well, uh, reception records just, uh, last year, didn't he? As a rookie and he was a running back. I think so, yes. Yeah, mental. Absolutely mental. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because they haven't really got many other... Yeah, they've got some receivers. I mean, the receiving call's okay, but it's not great. And that's no. the thing. They haven't really got a one receiver that you look at and go, that is the standout. They haven't got a, a Michael Thomas or a DeAndre Hopkins or, or T.Y. Hilton or whatever. So I think that's why. I mean, same, I mean you could argue it's similar with, with Ezekiel Elliott. I know Amari Cooper's very good, but I mean, they use him a lot in the receiving game. Yeah. No. Yeah, Zeke can just add to the number one debate. Zeke, Zeke's number one for me, obviously. Hi, my pick. Um, Anthony, obviously, yeah, you, you, we'll, we'll stay with you. Uh, Derek Henry was your, was your pivot choice. Uh, do tell us. Yes. Yeah, I think for me, he would be a sort of mid first, first to late first round running back. I, I like him a lot. I, he, he's coming off a very strong year. He is a proper just head down so for me he's a bit of, sort of a bulldozer back i love him um and that's my kind of running back because he's not particularly delicate in the way he runs he's quite a short stocky guy he scored a lot of points last year 
And I think it's going to get better this year because they're going to increase increase the workload on him, I think, if anything. Now that he's shown he can do it, he can have a 1,000-yard season. Because his first two years, you weren't 100% sure if he was really worth the hype or not. But coming off of over 1,000 yards this year, I think they're going to just increase the workload as much as they can on him and, and use him as much as possible. So uh, it would not surprise me at all if he goes first round. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets a couple of hundred receiving yards this year as well. He's, he hasn't done that since his first two years. Last year it was more running than anything else, but I think they're going to try and use him as a, as a dual purpose back. Mm. Yeah, I, I've just done a best, a best ball league actually and uh, I managed to get Derek Henry in the sixth round. So, still. Um, exactly. I mean, still. That's an excellent yeah. I think he's worth to go, he's worth higher than that, but he will probably drop with, with the yeah. likes of Kamara and Elliott yeah. and, and Barkley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people obviously he's not, he's not uh, known for his for his receiving and, and his targets, so uh, that's probably yeah. why he dropped in best ball because it's obviously PPR. But yeah, more than I think he was my second quarterback as well because I went uh, uh, second running back because I went uh, <laughs> wide receiver and tight end early. But there, yeah, was wasn't too uh, wasn't too enthused when I first got there. I was thinking, oh, if he if he if he shows the the form towards the back end of last season, uh, I'm in I'm in business. Um, but talking about previous form, Rob, you've gone for another guy I like as well, Devonta Freeman. Yeah, the, I mean there is. I've had a few. Um, uh, my favourite little saying: Twitter beef at the moment. Um, I've had I've had some <laughs> I've had some Twitter beef uh, recently uh, about Devonta Freeman because there is this narrative going around that Devonta Freeman is injury prone, and there's probably people listening to this going, "Yeah, he's injury prone. He's always injured." Well, hang on a minute. In his first four years in the league, in his rookie contract, he played 61 out of 64 games. That's not injury prone. He missed last season with a sports hernia. That's not a recurring injury. He had surgery. He was done for the year. That's done. That's not going to come back and hurt him. He had three uh, grade one concussions. Well, grade one concussion can mean anything from a little bit of dizziness after a head injury or a headache. Uh, you know, it's not a major, you're not talking uh, Jordan Reed levels of concussion here where he's in the grade two, grade three area. Uh, you know, this he's not injury prone. Get that out of your heads, people. Yes, he missed last season. I get that. Now, in 2015, Devonta Freeman was the RB1 in PPR scoring. In 2016, RB6, and in 2017, RB13. So there is a slight regression coming out there, but there's no more Tevin Coleman in Atlanta. Atlanta are going to be better this year than they were last year. We discussed that on last week's podcast. If you didn't listen to it, go listen to it after this one. Uh, you know, it, there is uh, last season in Atlanta, there was 1,573 rush yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, for a guy who's on a five-year, $41 million contract with $22 million guaranteed, you have got to say that he's going to get at least 65% of those carries. At least 65%. If you don't think he's going to get 65% of those carries, then do me a favour here. Because they're paying him $22 million guaranteed money. They're going to feed him. So 65% of 1,573, which is last year's rushing titles, is over 1,000 yards, 1,022 yards. And I have put in there, I think he's going to go for seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's also a receiving. Uh, he, he's also pretty good in the receiving game. Uh, he averages 407 receiving yards um, per season on his career. So if you take that as a, as a mean with, with a couple of touchdowns, for me, he's a, he's, he's a fringe top 10 uh, uh, running back in PPR, and he's currently being drafted as the 14th running back in like the fourth round. I mean, come on, guys. You, you can draft him. He's not injury-prone. He's on a high-powered offense. 
it's going to be good this year. Um, so I'm all in on, on Devonta Freeman. Yeah, they've, they've also upgraded their offensive line in the first round of the draft this year with two picks as well. Don't, just don't, yeah. say, don't say the words Caleb McGarry to, to Lee, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like, I like Devonta Freeman this year as well. Certainly, like I said, I said on a couple of podcasts ago, if you're in the back end of that first round and you miss out on the on the decent quarterbacks, you can always pick up Tom like Devonta Freeman or Josh Jacobs uh, in the third round there. So don't sweat if you miss out. Let's move over to the wide receivers then. Uh, I've gone for Mike Evans, uh, wide receiver 12 last year in, P- in half point PPR, we, uh, wide receiver 16 in full PPR. Uh, this year, I, I think he easily breaks uh, top ten. Uh, there's no Jack, no, no Deshaun Jackson, so I think you'll see a, a lot um, longer targets or like depth of target uh, rise a little bit for Mike Evans. No Adam Humphreys, uh, who was you know lethal in the red zone and uh, in, in the end zone last season. Uh, so I think some of those will go back to Evans. Uh, yes, you've got OJ Howard there as well. I think he'll he'll come on as well. But I think the the thing in here is Bruce Arians is going to use Mike Evans. He's he's just going to get the most out of him, and you know he's. He's shown over his career so far that he's, how prolific uh, he he is. Uh, but I think I think there's one thing as well to add on the, the cherry on top is this this Tampa Bay defense, especially in the secondary, is quite poor as well. And this NFC South is is full of teams that are going to score a load of points. So uh, even you know I can see Tampa Bay being involved in a lot of shootouts again uh, this season. I know Rob, you said last year obviously the QB two for for Fitzpatrick and Winston last season. Uh, all those points have got to go somewhere, and they've only really got Evans and Godwin and, and OJ Howard uh, really there. Um, maybe you know, maybe a running back will get get a decent slice of the pie as well. But yeah, Mike Evans, I think, uh, is is gonna gonna out, outdo his uh, where he's being drafted at the moment, which is back of the second round. Uh, really like Mike P- Evans. People forget that Mike Evans is actually a really good downfield receiver. Yeah, yeah. And there's no Deshaun Jackson this year. Yeah. Who was the downfield guy last year? So I, I expect Mike Evans to be getting a lot more downfield passes this year. He already had, I think, what was it? Did you say last year, fifteen hundred something yards? Was it last year? Um, you know, if that for me is a, is a really good baseline for Mike Evans, I completely agree. I think he's in for a, for an autumn season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Lee, uh, we've got two uh, two Cleveland Browns coming up here, so this would be quite an interesting uh, quite an interesting debate. But Lee, you've gone for uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Where you know wide receivers that move teams don't tend to always uh, take to the water as, as well as ducks might do. Um, <laughs> so uh, is is OBJ a sitting duck or is he is he going to fly? No, he's going to fly for sure. Um, I think part of I think the move is part of the reason why I think he'll do so well. Obviously, everyone knows he's supremely talented, and he'll want to show the world that, especially after his injury problems last year. Most importantly, he'll want to show New York that he doesn't like being traded, um, and he'll want to just put the middle finger up to New York. I think I think he'll play him with an even bigger chip on his shoulder, um, and I think you know with the fact that he's got Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield, I think around him, I think that'll keep him on an even keel, even though. Sounds kind of counterproductive, but I think with him and Jarvis Andre being so close, I think especially they'll keep each other on an even keel and make each other better. So, you know, that might be something that Rob might say when he comes on to Landry in a second. And then speaking about Baker, he's the best QB that Odell's played with mm-hmm. already. Um, you know, we spoke about a few weeks on the pod, uh, a few weeks ago, sorry, about how I was expecting an uptick in production from Mayfield and Beckham was a big part of that, so it obviously works both ways. I think Beckham's going to be a top three wide receiver in fantasy this year behind Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Ooh. So if he's there at the start of the second round when all the running backs have gone, make the pick. That's hot. That is hot. That is hot stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Odell Beckham missed a couple of games last season. He's not really had a full season for, for a couple of years, has he? Um, but obviously, rookie season uh, set the world alight over 100 yards per game on, on average as well. But uh, yeah, Rob, do you want to. Obviously, if OBJ has a really, really, really good season and uh, breaks the ceiling off the, off the roof, um, does that eat into Jarvis Landry 
Or can they both can they both be sustainable by uh, Baker Mayfield? Yeah, see, I, I see them as both sustainable. Mm. Um, I yeah, think. This year, I've got them both over a thousand yards. I, I think this is going to be. We see it before with Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb in Green Bay. We've seen it with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen in Minnesota. There are teams that can sustain to a thousand yards receivers, and I think um, the Browns tick the box this year, especially with Baker Mayfield, as Lisa already pointed out. Now, for me, for, to pick in Jarvis Landry, it's more of a consistency thing for me because, uh, as you've mentioned, OBJ. I mean, if Devonta Freeman's injury prone, then OBJ's injury prone. That's what you've got to look at it, right? Um, you know, he, he hasn't completed a season in, in a few years. So he, there is injury concerns. Whereas Jarvis Landry has never missed a game in his whole four years of being in the league. Uh, and his minimum, his, his absolute minimum season was uh, 975 yard, receiving yards, which was last year. So last year was his floor. Um, he is currently being drafted as the wide receiver 25, yet he's not finished below wide receiver 18 since he's been in, in the league. So that, again, is a baffling one for me. Why would you draft him lower than his floor? Uh, so it, for me, it's a consistency thing. If OBJ is there, he's going to take up the main coverage out wide. Jarvis Landry is going to be put in the slot where we know he's most effective. Uh, he's going to be a target machine from that position. Um, so they complement each other really well. And if OBJ is not there, it's the best of both of us because because Jarvis Landry automatically becomes the main guy there. So for me, it, Jarvis Landry, the pick for Jarvis Landry is is more consistency one for me. I like the landing spot of OBJ as well. I think I think he's going to have a good season. But yeah, Jarvis Landry is a consistency thing for me. Um, it is worth pointing out just now. I, I was originally going to go for Devonta Adams in this spot because simply because I have Devonta Adams head and shoulders above every other wide receiver this year. He's my clear wide receiver number one. He's in his own tier. Uh, that's how, how much in favour of Devonta Adams I, I am this this season. But I wanted to pick up on this Jarvis Landry point because I thought it was a bit more relevant because you can draft him in like the sixth, seventh round. Mm. Yeah, just... Kind of. Was oh, just, no, I was going to say, just shy of 1,000 thousand yards last season. You say, kind of went missing in quite a few games, didn't he? Um, yeah. Which exactly. is quite, yeah, quite surprising. Because there was so much pressure on him because he was the only guy. He had all the coverage. They were, they were, they were still in a rebuilding phase last year. Uh, you know, it was a, a new offense, a new quarterback. They had Tyrod at the beginning of the season. Baker coming through in the middle of the season and seeing the season out. They had a coaching change. There were so many things in Cleveland last year which went against them. This year, that's kind of settled down. They've got their identity. They're playing. They were playing really good football at the end of last season. They're, it's only going to get better, in my opinion. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of people are down on Jarvis Landry because of the OBJ thing, but I actually think it's a positive. Mm. Yeah, five games. Yeah, same. Five five games with uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage uh, last season. Four four uh, over 100 yards receiving. Had one game where he had 54 rushing yards, which is quite strange. But yeah, um, yeah, interesting actually. I, I pretty much dismissed Jar- Jarvis Landry this year. I might have to go back and. Uh, have a have a little look at what's what's going on with what, him. What do we what do we know from Jarvis Landry? He's got some of the best hands. In oh the yeah, oh yeah. No, I used you to know, love him. I used to love him at, at Miami yeah. for PPR. The, the talent is there. He's got the quarterback now. So there there is there is way more pros than cons for Jarvis Landry. So yeah, if he, a lot of people are in your boat, him of mm. of just kind of dismissing Jarvis Landry. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't yeah. do it because there is absolute potential for him to be a top ten receiver this year. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, we we know as. Sorry, I, I was just trying to put in and say we know he's going to play for injury after his uh, speech on hard knocks. Uh, you know about him <laughs> saying that you can, you know you need to be out on the practice field when your yeah. muscles hanging off the bone because it's contagious and all that. So yeah, he's going to play for injuries. <laughs> and he's sure. just gonna, he's just going to bless a load of people this year. Exactly. He'll be blessing OBJ. They'll be blessing each other. They'll be blessing Baker. They'll be blessing Freddie Kitchens. All sorts of blessings in Cleveland. I think. I, I wonder what he says when someone sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> he no, he probably doesn't bless them. <laughs> the contrarian. Um, Anthony, you've gone for T.Y. Hilton slash Kiki Kuti. Uh, obviously, yes. you, you mentioned Kiki Kuti earlier, but T.Y. Hilton, um, yeah, I'd say he's due. He's due for a for a big season. Uh, he's he's well, had niggles over the years. That, hasn't he? That's the thing with with Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. I mean, there's so many good receivers in the NFL right now. There's such a good group of them that. T.Y. Hilton, I think, goes under the radar a lot of the time. I mean, he had, an, he had another really good year with the Colts last year. They've got a great offensive line. They've got a quarterback who's finally healthy again, who's playing very well behind that line. And they've got another... In, in they've got, uh, I think it was what Paris Campbell they brought in in the second round this year as well. They've got Devin Funches as well opposite him. So that's going to take some of the pressure off of him and some of the, the focus away from him. So I think he'll find a bit more space. I think he'll do very well this year. Yeah. There's no reason why he wouldn't. He's going to play up against some some very questionable secondaries this year, like the Texans. He's playing them twice this year. Let's be honest, their secondary is very very questionable. Um, and I think he could have some really really strong games. I think he's going to be a very good value pick for people because he's he keeps getting overlooked. I mean, he's been in the NFL seven years now. He's only had under a thousand yards twice. He's still at he still had twelve thousand yards, twelve twelve hundred yards last year. I mean. He's consistently productive, a bit like Jarvis in that regard. He's, he's always there and he's always productive. Yeah. So I, yeah. I definitely would would say that he's worth going for. Yeah, I mean, he's not a, he's not a huge touchdown guy. Is he? Last couple of seasons, six, four, six, five, seven, five, yeah. seven. Uh, but like I say, yeah, five, five out of his five out of his seven seasons have all been over a thousand yards. Um, Twelve seventy last year, like you say. Um, yeah, not again, not a bad option. But I say because there's so many other names and the depth is so high, he's a guy that you can pick up what third round, fourth round. So um, exactly, very, very good yeah. piece to, to pick up in there. Yeah, so like that, like that a lot. Okay, let's move on then to the final position, tight end. Uh, I've gone for Vance McDonald. Now, uh, 2018 numbers, he had 50 receptions, 610 yards and four touchdowns, which was good enough to be the tight end 12, which, you know, tight end 12 is, you know, could be tight end 5 to be tight end 17, to be quite honest. But uh, no Antonio Brown, who had 25% of the targets last year. Uh, he's gone. Levin Bell's gone. Jesse James, his, drip and, his drips and jabs have, have gone as well. Uh, Juju had 24% of the, of the, the target share. Um, last season I'm not quite sure how much more you can put on top of that if I'm quite honest uh, I'm not saying he won't get any uh, of the Antonio Browns 25% but uh, he'll certainly get a little bit but even if even if you put another you know 50% on to his 10% market share that he had in 2018 add another 25 receptions um, you know 900 yards and 6 touchdowns that, that's good enough for tight end 5 last year so get to 15% and uh, I think you'll have a very good uh, tight end there that you know will go in the, go in the the double digit rounds. I uh, really like Vance McDonald this year. Um, I think we've we've all gone with a theme here as well. None of us have gone top three uh, tight ends because obviously they go in the first couple of rounds. Uh, but Lee, you've gone for a, for a homer pick here, Hunter Henry. Yes, there is no one happier than than well anyone to see Hunter Henry back. <laughs> That's right. <what> I, really, <laughs> I really messed that up. Uh, yeah, I really happy that Hunter Henry's back. Um, he is going to be fully healthy and due to recency bias, I think because he missed the whole last year, obviously with an early training camp injury, uh, I think he'll go fairly cheap, uh, but he's got potential to be a top five tight end in my opinion. And I might be a bit high, but obviously I've bit, got me a bit of a homer, haven't I? I think one of the biggest things that will benefit from is Tyro Williams' departure. Yeah. Uh, you'll see a lot of work down the seams and underneath uh, where Tyro Williams made his hay really. Um, because obviously he's not really been directly replaced. We've got Travis Benjamin after the two main receivers in Mike Williams and Keith Allen. But Benjamin's obviously going to be a deep threat. He's not going to be working underneath. And then after that, you've got three, four wide receivers that are battling for those spots. You've got Dylan Cantrell, Tavis Scott, Jeremy Davis. They're not going to, they're, they're going to be behind Hunter Henry in the pecking order. Hunter Henry's super reliable. He's trusted on third down. 
and obviously he's going to be on the field a lot as well because obviously because he's he can block he's not going to come on the off field and running downs so you know if we look at Philip Rivers before the snap he's obviously making checks at the line making pre snap uh, yeah pre snap uh, calls and and changing the play a lot of the time so if even if they're in a heavy set the Chargers Hunter Henry's a threat to sneak out and if Rivers sees something he likes he's going to call play for him hmm. Lee let me just um, I'm not poo pooing this at all because I love Hunter Henry. Um, cool. he, you know, I was going to I was going to pick him, um, but you said you're going to get him fairly cheap. What would you say would be cheap? Where would you expect to see Hunter Henry going right now? Uh, around seven, eight, something like that. He's currently being drafted six, uh, six oh two in twelve. Uh, 12 oh really? Okay. As the fifth tight end. So wow, okay. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? Because you'd think, I'd... like you said, with the recency bias of him being injured last year, that that would take his stock down. But it appears that the the people. Not so much. The people are in with the secret. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why you're here to tell us all these fantasy secrets. Yeah. But it's it's still worth it, in my opinion, because uh, I I, sh- I share your opinion. He's he's definitely one of the better uh, upper echelon tight ends in in the league uh, with so much potential, um, with one of the best uh, throwing quarterbacks. So yeah, uh, all aboard. Yeah, I think I think the thing with Hunter Henry is he's quite a popular player, isn't he? So yeah. even even if he goes missing for a year, you kind of everyone kind of keeps tabs on him. It's because he's friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, uh, Rob. Let's talk, talk. Talk to me. You mentioned him a bit earlier about me being Mr. Concussion, Jordan Reed. <laughs> yeah. So I've been. I'm so excited for this uh, for this podcast today because I, I think I've uh, I've done pretty well. But to, uh, to be honest, I think everyone's done well with their takes. Uh, I've been fairly impressed with everyone's uh, picks so far, um, other than Vance McDonald. I'm growing. I'm growing. Cheers, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Dad. Jordan Reed is is the is the question mark here for me now. The reason why he's my guy is because he is completely free in drafts. He's currently being drafted as the 21st tight end. Uh, so you can pick him up. Well, he's, he's not being drafted. He's, he's an undrafted player. Now, when when Jordan Reed is healthy, he's got top tight. He's got top five tight end uh, upside. Um, you know, he finishes the tight end three just three years ago. But I understand it's the health. He hasn't completed a season full stop he has not completed a season in his career in the nfl so you are drafting him for the upside that when he's healthy he's a he's a top tight end now i think the tight end position in fantasy football is one that you can gamble on um that only usually in most uh, fantasy leagues you only draft you you only need one tight end so you know if there's only if you're in a 10 or 12 man league that's only 10 or 12 tight ends off the board. So there's going to be plenty of uh, waiver targets to pick up throughout the season. I am willing to gamble that Jordan Reed is going to be back for week one. He's already in uh, gone through the OTA process. He's in training camp. So he is back from his last year's injury. Um, yes, the, the big question mark is, is his injuries, like I've said. Um, and I am worried about them. But... Like I said, when he's healthy, a 73.8% career catch rate and 51.9 yards per game career average. You know, I'll buy that all day for a tight end. Um, if he can make 12, 12 games this year, which seems to be his average over the last uh, four seasons, uh, if he can make 12 games uh, with his uh, career averages, it makes him at 622 yards and five to six touchdowns, which is a top 10 tight end. Yeah, I took him in that best ball I was talking about. I took him in the thirteenth round. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I like the upside. But yeah, he was actually they only played like half a season last year. He was still the top receiving uh, top receiver there in Washington in terms of yards. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. He's going to be targeted, and that's you know that's what I'm saying. Like if he's on the field, he's going to be a really good weapon for you. Um, 
So what, all you have to do is maybe you have to change your draft tact slightly and you have to draft two tight ends potentially if you're drafting Jordan Reed. Um, but like I said, there's so many going to be left over. You're going to have you advance McDonald obviously in drop all the way to the late rounds. You've got, uh, you know, your rookies, TJ Hawkinson, now Fant, they're available uh, undrafted. Yeah. Delaney Walker's coming back off an injury. He's got potential to be a really good receiver still, despite his age. Greg Olsen's not being drafted. Carl Rudolph is back in Minnesota. He's not being drafted. Jimmy Graham is still the tight end one in Green Bay. He's not being drafted. So, you know, there's plenty of players uh, in that tight end position that you can pick up as uh, if you want to say handcuff for, t- uh, for Jordan Reed, then go ahead. Uh, but definitely pick up Jordan Reed, even if he's your second option, because he has got a lot of potential to be uh, a top five tight end if he plays the games. Yeah, a lot of waiver wire fodder there this year for, for tight end. Uh, just a bit of depth. Yeah, like I say, Rob, one of those names that I uh, picked out there was one that Anthony's chosen as his tight end uh, guy that he's all in on. TJ Hawkinson. Anthony, tell us more. Yes, it was a difficult one, I have to admit, because like you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of tight ends you could have thrown in the mix. I mean, I like um, the Colts. The Colts, I think, have got good choices there with Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. I like the both of them. Um, I like Jesse James up in Detroit as well. I mean, th- there's quite a few you could throw in there. I think Jared Cook's going to have a good year down in, this, in New Orleans as well. But I had to go for TJ Hawkinson as a, as a very late pick because I can't help but think that he is going to have a good year. I know there was a lot of hype, hype around him this year. He really rocketed up the draft board um, very quickly. But I think for good reason, because if you watch his highlights, he really jumps off. I mean, he's so athletic. You don't get a lot of tight ends that are as athletic as he is. He's a very good blocker and he's very good after the catch. So I think I, I really do think he is going to be the bee's knees. I think he is the talent that we think he is. And I would definitely say that he is worth a gamble. I know it's a bit of a gamble because he's unproven, but I would definitely say he's worth it late on. Yeah, absolutely. Evan Ingram, obviously the one that springs to mind in recent times, who's managed to do something in his rookie season tight end usually take one or two years. But uh, Anthony, going for TJ Hawkinson there. So there are all your players, ladies and gentlemen, that we are we are all in on. We'll, we'll post something up on social media uh, a bit later on, uh, on maybe on, maybe on Thursday or Friday as well, just to kind of give you. Um, we'll do an we do an article as well. Could uh, have a little bit of a write up on there. Just so, yeah, let us know who you think. You can get in contact with us on Twitter. Maybe you like you. Maybe you hate Dak Prescott like everyone else does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't. I'm with you, Tim. Come on. No, I was just. That was, that, that was more. That was more at Lee. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's know what, who you think. Who you're all in on? Uh, obviously, we chose guys more towards the, the top end there of the draft, really. But um, yeah, any any guys in the middle rounds or the late rounds that you're taking a punt on, get in touch with us. Let us know, and we'll retweet those out. But it's time, everyone, to do questions in the quiz. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Second instalment of the second season of the Four Ten Questions, and we bring in a new listener, um, a new listener to to try and put his wits to the test. We welcome in Lee Kerr, Chicago Bears fan. Lee, welcome you in. Thank you, Tim. Nice to be here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and say a new new listener to the Full Ten Yards podcast, and say recommended from Simon uh, from the Collapsing Pocket podcast, who you've uh, already given a parting shot to. Uh, so you must be feeling confident about about today's uh, quiz. Well, I was until I listened to your score and you got eight out of ten, which is very good. So I'm now I'm slightly nervous. <laughs> we see, we shall see. Yeah, say so the questions. Uh, it all depends on how the how the questions pan out and say whether they uh, they go in your favour or not. But we shall see. But so uh, I have two sets of questions uh, in front of me, Lee. Uh, so would you like question set one or question set two? Oh wow! Uh, how about the winning set? I'll have set one, please. Set one. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, so like I say, new set, uh, for all you listeners out there, if you want to get in touch with us and get on the quiz, just like Lee uh, and obviously David, uh, who sets the, the current benchmark, obviously last week, 6 out of 10 in 1 minute 35. Not too bad at all. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, do so on the website, full10yards.com, uh, enter the contact form there, very much like Lee did. Uh, and you say you will get a chance to put your knowledge uh, to the test. But without any further ado, I'll just get my uh, my stopwatch at the ready. So yeah, six six questions right in. One minute thirty five is the time to beat. We have so, uh, question set one. I, I will start the clock, Lee. When uh, when I start reading the first question, are you ready? Go Bears. Go Bears. Okay. Uh, starts in three, two, and one. Question one: What number does New York Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard wear? Um, I'm going to guess at 86. Okay, question number two. Name any wide receiver or name either wide receiver that Seattle drafted in the 2019 draft. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, that one I was fancied uh, and then... Question three, name either team that appeared in Super Bowl 50. New England. Question four, name any head coach of the Dallas Cowboys apart from the current one, Jason Garrett. Question five, in half-point PPR, where did Juju Smith-Schuster rank in 2018, 6th or ninth? Hmm. Is that just in wide receivers or in total? Just uh, wide receivers. Uh, six. Okay, name either team that running back OJ Simpson played for. Buffalo Bills. Question seven, in Britball, name any team that plays in the NFC North 2 division. Titans. Question eight. Complete the name of this college team, the Oklahoma. Sooners. Question nine. Which player had this career path? Uh, drafted by Washington in 2012, then uh, tr- traded over to Dallas and was in San Francisco last year, uh, currently a free agent. Washington 2012. Uh, went to Dallas and 49ers. Washington. I'll give you a clue on that one. That's a, that's a running back. Okay, thanks. Can I come back to that one? Uh, no. Am I to... Unfortunately no, okay. Um, uh... Oh. Uh... Ah, yes. One good year, Washington. And then they backed up the, the Marco Murray. Ah, oh, no, gone. No, no, gone. <laughs> Don't pass it. Okay, we'll pass on that one. And question 10, finally. Within 5,000, what is the capacity of Green Bay Stadium at Lambeau Field? Uh, yeah, the Green Bay Stadium is about 80,000. Okay, stop the clock. How well do you think you did? Uh... When you're under the pressure of light, <laughs> so to speak, then ones you think you should get, like the 
to win him back. I'm sure if we bit my time and clear ahead, I'll be able to get that on. Um, <laughs> yeah, not as good as I would have hoped. We'll see. We'll see how you did. Some, uh, I, I will admit the uh, that, that set of questions were slightly. I think were slightly more difficult than the other ones. But it depends on what you know. I suppose it's only easy if you know the answer. So let's yeah, go through sure, these. Yeah. Uh, Sterling Shepherd, uh, quite close of 86. Is in fact 87. Um, ah, choosing between those two, yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the two. Question two, Seattle, you managed to get there in the end. DK Metcalf and Gary Jennings was the other one that you could have had. Uh, Super Bowl 50 was the one that where Denver uh, demolished the Carolina Panthers. Ah, no. Okay. <laughs> and uh, qu- question four, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, apart from Jason Garrett. Uh, Tom Landry, of course, you could have also had Wade Phillips, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells, Dave Campo, Chan Gailey, and Barry Switzer. So well done on that one. Uh, question five, half point PPR. Where did Juju Smith Schuster rank in 2018? It was ninth, unfortunately, not sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, not the uh, wrong, 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 wrong side of the the, uh, the coin on that one. Uh, OJ Simpson, uh, yeah, of yeah. course, was Buffalo Bills. Do you know the other one by any chance? Um, he played for Houston. Uh, no, I've got Buffalo and San Francisco. Oh, right. okay. San Francisco no, for a couple of years, I think. Uh, question seven, Britball, uh, NFC North 2 Division. Uh, Manchester Titans, I think, are in the Premiership North. Um, uh, so, okay. uh, N- uh, NFC North 2, you could have had the Clyde Valley Black- Blackhawks, the Dumfries Hunters, Inverclyde Goliaths, Darlington Steam, and Carlisle Sentinels. I would have accepted, although they, I think they've dropped out of the league uh, this year for for reasons, uh, I think player reasons, lack of players. But uh, we move on. Question eight, Oklahoma, of course, are the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, that's um, well-known, one of the well-known college teams over there. Question nine, which player had the career path? Washington 2012 uh, had, was there for a number of years, then went to Dallas for a year or two. Uh, San Francisco last year was, of course, Alfred Morris. Yes, of course it was. And then question 10, within 5,000, Lambeau Field, uh, you said 80,000. Uh, within 5,000, there's 81,441. So well done on that one. Let's just tot you up. One, two, three, four. We've got five out of 10 there in just over three minutes. So yeah. Maybe one or two, maybe go the other way. You could have uh, could have got to the top there on six or seven out of ten. But yeah, not not a fa- not a bad effort. Like I say, when, once the light is on, it's uh, very hard to try and recall tr- recall certain uh, aspects of of the game. No problem. Great pleasure being on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, joining the full ten yards army. I say, hope you uh, hope you enjoy what you listen to, and say, uh, um, yeah, really appreciate you having on board. And uh, thanks for joining us, and thanks for, for putting your knowledge to the test. Yes, sir. Uh, keep up the good work. Fourth down. Just a five out of ten net there for Lee, not Lee Wakefield, but uh, not a, not a bad effort whatsoever. But if you, if you want to get in touch with us and come on the quiz, don't forget you can uh, go full ten yards dot com and um, fill in the, the contact form, get in touch with us, and we'll we'll get you on. Um, Anthony, we're, we're going to get try and get you after the uh, after the po- this podcast finishes. We're going to get you do next week's, I think. Going to force you. Going to tie you up somehow over the internet. And yeah, go on then. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. So, so the listeners out there can look forward to that one next week. But just before we get out of here, I uh, just want to go through a couple of things that are going on uh, over at the full 10 yards. Everyone's uh, churning out articles like there's no tomorrow. Uh, Rob, do you, want to, do you want to crack off first with some of the fancy ones? Uh, yes, please. Uh, I am excited to announce that um, my best piece of the year is coming out soon. Uh, no, I'm, I'm working on a, a deep, 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 deep fantasy sleepers uh, uh, article for you guys. There's eight 
that I've picked out of doing two parts, four and four. Uh, they include uh, a Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver and running back Ooh. Lee. Get excited. <laughs> uh, they also include uh, a Kansas Chiefs tight end that's not Travis Kelsey. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, <laughs> a Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver uh, and a few others in there as well. So, yes, yeah, some, um, some deep, 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 deep fantasy sleepers are coming your way this week. Deeper than deep. Uh, Lee, just before we get to yours, obviously, uh, we'd be uh, Britball on the Britball side of things. Uh, obviously, we have the roundups e- each week, but Thomas Robriano has a few things in the pipeline as well coming your way very sh- uh, very soon indeed, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But Lee, you did an absolutely uh, terrific article on, on Tuesday. Do you want to tell the listeners more about that? Good. Yeah, thanks for that. Kind, kind words. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a bit of a draft deja vu series, I'm calling it, where I look back at players who almost came out for the 2019 se- uh, draft and uh, looking forward to their next season, which for a lot of the guys is the senior season. So obviously the make or break, uh, they'll be in the league next year kind of season. Uh, uh, this one that I just did on Tuesday was Bryce Hall, the Virginia cornerback. And I'll be doing four more. So I'm doing a five-part series just looking at uh, players. I'm not going to ruin who the next one is on Tuesday, but you'll obviously have to come over to at full 10 yards CFB and see on mm. Tuesday. And then for the next three weeks after that. Um, as well as that, I'm going to do some positional uh, top five rankings. And then later down the line, I'm going to be diving into the deeper classes, which will probably be wide receiver for one, quarterback to another. Uh, obviously, it's me, so there'll be some defenders in there. That's why I started off with Bryce Hall, because uh, we love a bit of defence over in the college ranks. Um, and then, obviously, I'm following the, the Daddy Accounts <laughs> uni bracket as well, so we're going to do that as well, so lots of fun. Um, and, obviously, we've got our competition, which I received the jersey for this afternoon, yes. which, be, which is a Von Miller uh, Texas A&M jersey, which, uh, yes, go over to at full 10 yards CFB, see the pinned tweet for details how to enter that, and you could be in a, with a chance of winning it. Uh, tip, tip, tip of the cap to you, leader. Um, uh, deja vu piece the other day was absolutely cracking. Yeah. Cheers, bud. Thanks. That was really kind of you. Thank you for that. Was it? Yeah, There'll it was, be more of that to come. Yeah, absolutely. Was good. Very good. Very good indeed. Um, yeah, you mentioned obviously there we're doing the list, the, the uni bracket as well. That's uh, that's going to be ongoing. So watch out for that. I'm going to do an article over the next week or so. Just looking at, I reckon there's a there's an implosion coming to a, to a team in the AFC South. Look, we know Dak's good. We don't need to write an article <laughs> about it. Tim. <laughs> uh, no, there's a team in the AFC South who I think are going to absolutely implode uh, and could be in the doldrums for for quite a while if uh, if things don't work out. Or a couple of a couple of nervous people on the podcast scenes. We've got two AFC oh, South yeah, fans. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I'm pretty confident. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm confident it's not going to be the 16 and though Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, 16. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much that's pretty much it in terms of yeah a lot of content going out on the website as well on social media um you know ignore instagram because i don't like it but there we go um <laughs> I can't, I can't. that might be in the news for next week that we might shut down the instagram yeah i can't <laughs> can't, plug. can't deal with Good that plug. Fa- facebook and twitter only um yeah anyway we shall move on uh terrible tail winner uh, i will announce that on, on social media at some point as well so um <laughs> Yes, great, great. Someone, someone another really blase ending to the show like last week. Like, yeah, I'll just do whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do, I'll basically, do I forgot. Yeah, no, no, I didn't forget. I, well, yeah, I did actually. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot to draw the winner. I knew I, I needed to draw one, but um, yeah, that's gonna do. It. That's that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up. Let's let's get out of here. It's been one hour, one hour, ten minutes, so, and I've got to do the editing yet, so because um, I've fluffed it up today. But never mind. Um, but just before we go, Listener League, there is one spot, one coveted spot in our in our staff Listener League. We have nine people on our staff at the moment and we have a 10-team league to fill. 
And it's quite simple, ladies and gentlemen. All you need to do is contact us, email us or use the contact form and just tell us why you should be in the league. Best answer wins. Uh, don't need to do a retweet, don't need to follow us and all the rest of that. If, but if you listen to the podcast, uh, we'll do some social stuff as well and put it out there, not on Instagram, just remind you of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, just, you you send us an email, you send us a DM, you send us a, some, something on the contact form why you should be in the listener league. Uh, and the best answer will win. We don't want to hear stories of how you've won your league for the last five years against your cat and your dog. Um, we're also not interested in saying that you made the best trades. We just want to know, you know, be a good, get, you're a good, good league person. You're active, and um, you know, you'll be, you'll be a worthy addition to our staff league. Because let's let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, it's the most coveted league to to join. Uh, the inaugural year of the full ten yards uh, staff fantasy football league. Um, Anthony, I'm sure you'll you'll put a you'll put a contact form in there. You want to join it? I know you do. I was, I was about to say, I think you'll want me in your league because I have a habit of sort of attracting players that are about to go on uh, injury prone years. Oh, so good. draft me and you bring me in your league, and, and I'll pick out all the players that are about to have a terrible, terrible season. Don't worry. <laughs> I will uh, take that under consideration. Um... <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins that, whoever wins that, by the way, and gets in, if you snipe Devonta Freeman, Jameis Winston, <laughs> or Jarvis Landry off me, there's going to be problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so they they have the. Uh... They, they they can know who we like. They've got the uh, the insight. They've got the upper hand. There's you. Uh, there's you reason for entering anyone who wants to just enter that. Just write in for that, and you'll get picked yeah. out. You're in our list, this league. If you enter without reason. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that's, that's going to wrap it up for us. Anthony, thank you for, for joining us from across the pond. Really enjoyed your insight there into, into thank your Texans, into, uh, into the uh, the GM news there. Uh, but also obviously giving you insight into some some fantasy football. Uh, we'd love to have you on again soon, soon no doubt. And do you just maybe want to plug your your podcast and, and the stuff that you do across the pond for the Texans? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I work at uh, Texans Wire of USA Today and of course keep up to date with everything Texans also on our podcast. I host it usually two a week, three a week depending on uh, the guests we've got. And you're looking at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Audio Boom. you can get it on all of those and, and at my Twitter, ARWood NFL. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, continue, Thanks to, very much. continue to represent us across the pond. Uh, doing a very good, doing a very good job. Uh, yeah, but it was a pleasure, pleasure speaking to you. That's going to do it all from all of us here at the full ten yards. I'm going to go and do loads of editing. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll speak to you all next week. Make sure you, you keep an eye out on our social media. Lots of stuff going on into uh, articles and s- stupid posts as well. Oh, that second Barkley uh, quad challenge was quite fun, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we'll speak to you next Wednesday. Uh, so in the meantime, it's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye. Goodbye from Lee. See you on the other side, people. Ah, so you need to need to yeah. Rob, I, I thought, <laughs> Rob, I, I thought you were going to ruin it again, but there we go. We're plotting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's goodbye from me too. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. And next week, and we'll speak to you next week as well. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye bye for now. A bye bye. listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com